Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. This year, as Amy was thinking about who to invite this year, and, and it was on my mind as well, I had this, this thought, I should ask Pastor Nancy. And then Amy came to me. She said, I've got this crazy idea. And I said, well, well, tell me, what is it? She goes, you think Pastor Nancy would come? Well, I think that's a confirmation. I think I'll give her a call. And I, I, I thought for sure she'd say yes. I mean, how can you say no to this face? I mean, really. You know, with this southern, with this southern accent and this face, you cannot say no to this. But she did it by text, so she could have said no. <laughs> But anyway, it's my great joy to bring her to bring her here, and to, I get to spend time with her at home, at my home, because she's staying with me, and uh, you get to enjoy her here, but I get to enjoy her a lot more than you do. <laughs> but you'll be blessed by the word that she brings. You know, I think one of the things that I, I've always found out that, you know, even if she teaches on something that, that we've, already, we've already heard before, she will bring it to you in a way that will hit home to you. It'll make, it, it's just, it's just easy. You ever been in a service with somebody and it just, you kind of had to work at it a little bit, you know, just to kind of stay with them. You don't have to do that with her. It's just so easy. And so I expect you to get blessed beyond measure. And the good part about it is when she gets through with you tomorrow afternoon, you get her again on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and, and Monday night. So we're just setting the stage for Sunday's and Monday's service So however excited you get tonight, I want you to maintain that excitement. Come Sunday morning, show these guys what it's all about. Amen. So come on, my dear. Thank you, Miss Pastor Angela. Love you. Well, I want to say thank you to Pastor Angela. And uh, Miss Amy, thank you so much for not getting sick when God said my name to you. I, I tell her I, that's a comforting to know that the thought of me makes people want to be sick. I mean, how many of you get to say that? <laughs> no, we have had such a good time. And that was what, 2005? Five. 2005. How, how time has gone by. It seems un, unreal that it's... but. They're all getting older, but not us. Right? No. So I'm so glad to get to be with you. And for all the ones that did something to make tonight happen, thank you so much for all the help. And uh, my my daughter-in-law is here, of course, your former church member. She picked up and left you. But uh, And then we brought the three babies with us. Morgan, turn around and stand up. Give them a great big God bless you. Everybody goes, uh huh. <laughs> and um, so, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, Pastor Angela, I don't know if you called or I called you or whatever, and uh, I don't know if I asked or you asked, and I said, Is there anything in particular you want me to minister on? Was it in the house at January? And, and she said something about the renewed mind. And then Pastor Anderson said today he's been teaching on that. So we're going to just go that way because uh, they know best what their congregation uh, needs. And so we're just going to do that tonight. Amen. Amen. 
And uh, Father, we're just so thankful. We're so grateful for this time to come together. Father, these days are the highlights of our life. And Father, even what may seem like to us an ordinary day when your word is given its place, nothing is no longer ordinary. We're so grateful for your word tonight. And we say we take it. We receive it in and it won't leave us the way it found us. We're looking tonight, Father, for change. You said we are changed from glory to glory. So every service we come looking for that change that brings us into another dimension of your glory. And Father, uh, in that change, we're looking to come up. Come up in our thinking. Come up in our speaking. Come up in our believing. Come up in the doing of the word. And we give you all the thanks and all the praise and all the glory. And everybody said, Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, You can turn with me if you would tonight in your Bibles and let's go. Um, Let's start over in the book of John chapter 17. John chapter 17. Praise the Lord. I told Pastor Angela they came. We fly into, we flew into Orlando. Yes, we know Gainesville is closer. But (laughs) we have learned through the many travels that we've done, the more planes we can avoid, the better off we are. So anytime we can have a direct flight, we do that. And we opt to drive a little bit because it's either sit in airports and potentially miss flights or miss luggage and or spend a little bit more time driving so her and miss kendra came and picked us up last night and so we had a two-hour drive and I'm, we're just a few minutes outside of town i go can you tell i live by myself i have talked for a solid two hours <laughs> i did we, we she talked a little bit then i cut her off and <laughs> no, chasing so we do have a good time. She's a, this family is a dear, is dear to a, our family. John chapter 17. And let's look at verse eight. I just want to look at the first portion of the verse, John chapter 17 and verse eight. And, uh, these wonderful words that Jesus spoke in this chapter of him talking to his father This chapter, you get to see and hear what Jesus said in talking to the Father. You see his prayer life, his fellowship life with the Father. In verse 8, he says, For I have given unto them the words. Look at that. I've given unto them the words which thou gavest me. Look at this. And they have received them. When I think of this... These are words that he gave us that first came from his father. So he said, the words, father, that you gave to me, I gave to them. So he gave us heaven's words. Uh, These are words from heaven. And one of the greatest things that we can receive in this life is words that come from our father. They make life no longer the same. Everything is different when his words arrive. Amen. Amen. Uh, Heaven's words bring us into heaven's flow and heaven's manifestations. Uh, Think of 
the great privilege heaven offers us to have the thoughts of God. The words of God are the thoughts of God. To know how he thinks and then to be invited into that flow of thinking. Isn't that what the word says in the old covenant where it says, he said, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways. So what is he doing? He's inviting us, come up, come up. There's a higher flow. The thoughts of God, the ways of God are a higher flow. And Jesus came to bring us those words. So these, this astounding statement that Jesus makes when he says, For I have given unto them words. Think of all the things that heaven could give us. And heaven says, I give them my words. Why? Because words will spend for the rest of the life of the word. It's not a gift that runs short. You don't run out. The words are always spendable. And so he said, I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me. This new life that's in us, the divine life of God that's on the inside of us cannot be fully benefited from with old thoughts. They need new life, needs new thoughts, a new way of thinking. A new way of speaking, else we limit the life in us. So, the new technology that is ever-changing that's in our society. Uh, I remember three channels. Antenna on top, right? One channel was, what was that? Uh, An educational, PBS. It was like when you're a little kid, oh, really? You took one whole channel because we wanted, you know, more other stuff. And you had three people to turn the channel. (laughs) One at the television, one at the door, and one up on the roof with the antenna. (laughs) Nope, 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 turn it, turn it, nope, turn it back. You went too far, nope, nope, until that signal came in clear. With your phones that she said, turn off or put on silent, you don't have to have three people, one at the phone, one at a door, one on the roof, talking to the satellite, you know, or the, the tower where we get the signal. New technology calls for new ways, new thinking, new ways of operating. This divine life that is on the inside of us will not function properly. It will be limited if we try to use carnal words, carnal thinking, carnal ways. Because this is not what that life responds to. The new life needs a new thinking. It needs new words. It needs new ways. And the word of God is that. And Jesus said, Father... I give them your words because when you get the words, now you have the ability to bring anything that those words can generate. Resident in every word of God is the power to fulfill it. The power to fulfill every word is resident in the word. And so 
to think of this is just seems so large to me when we read verse 8 for I have given unto them the words the thoughts of God promote us to the next level they bring us up they increase us they bring us into more if we reject the words we reject coming up we reject the more that's offered us in these words. We are not increasing in the way these words can increase us. And so we have to stir ourselves up. Stir ourselves up, not towards the feelings, but towards the words. Toward the words. Because the carnal man is stirred by feelings. The carnal man is stirred by emotions. But the faith person is stirred by words. Words govern us. Not what we see. Not what we feel. But words. Words. Think about it. That we live by words. Our whole life governed by words. So much of life today is governed by uh, economy. It's governed by politics. It's governed by, it's, it's governed by the dynamics in a family. <laughs> it's governed by what it feels. It's governed by what it thinks. <laughs> and God says, I have something for you. It's called my life. Amen. It will cause you to have a flow of heaven on earth. If you will let that life that's on the inside of you, the life of God, eternal life, divine life, dominate you. But it cannot dominate you through old thoughts. It can't dominate us through old ways of speaking. We've got to do something with this to bring our mouth in line with words. Jesus didn't say, I came and I gave them a new house. He didn't say, I came and Father, I gave them uh, a new car or a new job. I gave them words. Why? Because with the words, you can get the house, you can get the job, you can get the car. You can get every need supplied. You can get, every, you can get the divine plan of God for your family. Everything that heaven offers us comes to us through the flow of words. And he gave us words. You say, I never thought of really words being that important. Well, what do you think Jesus was? The word of God made flesh. The word taking on the form of flesh and walking among us to give us that same life. It's amazing to think about. Amen. So we don't take light his word. We have to stir ourselves up toward his word so that we don't get stirred up toward our feelings. So we don't get stirred up toward our circumstances. Everything in you for it to flow has to be stirred. Uh, what's it say? <clears throat> and um, Paul was writing to Timothy. And he said, stir up the gift that's on the inside of you. And the Amplified says the inner fire. Well... Uh, the gifts that are on the inside of you being filled with the Holy Ghost, everything gifted to you from God is on the inside of you, but it has to be stirred. has to be stirred. And uh, if we don't stir it, it won't flow. 
And we look at people like Dad Hagen or Dr. Summerall or these men, the Smith Wigglesworth and John Wesley and all of these men. And we say they accomplished so much and they produced so much fruit to the glory of God. They, they had no more than us, but they many times stirred themselves more than we're stirring ourselves. They had the same exact opportunity. And we really have more in the sense that light is progressive. We come into greater revelation, greater light. We're offered sometimes more light than what those of our past were walking in just because their age and their era didn't hold that light that this era holds. But thank God for them. Because if if they hadn't have done what they did, we could not progress into what God has brought the church into. So that what they walked in was not a lesser than flow in that sense. They got all God had for them in that era. But God has more for us in our era. And how are we going to get it? We're going to have to do something with the words. I mean, think about it. When Jesus wanted to dominate things, <laughs> control things, change things to bless somebody, what did he do? He used words. He used words. He spoke to waters and they changed. He spoke to bodies and they changed. He spoke to devils and they left. Right? He spoke to water and it became wine. Think of it. That when that water went from from water to wine, it bypassed all the natural processes. Nobody planted a grapevine. Nobody waited for that vine to grow. Nobody waited for that to produce fruit. Then harvested the fruit and then went through the the process of fermenting that fruit and turning it into wine and bottling it. Jesus spoke one word and bypassed every natural process. Words will bypass natural processes. Well, I can't have that house because my credit store isn't there. So I don't make this enough money. Words will bypass natural processes. Amen. Amen. There's one uh, friend of mine in particular. And God had me to minister to them uh, in in a recent meeting. And I told them that if they will say what God says... Those words will cause them to bypass natural processes. And I've said it to them twice now. And each time they've gotten a new house within weeks of saying that to them. And they, they were part of a VA program. And the VA laws changed right before every time they bought a house. And I said, you speak words and it will change government rules. It changed funding laws. Out of that VA program so they could get their natural processes bypassed. See, but if we don't, if we only think it can only be done the way it's done through everyone else. Uh Then we limit what those words can do. Those words bring heaven in the manifestation. They bring healing in the manifestation. They bring miracles in the manifestation. But we got to think in line with the words or we abort the power of the words. Um, in Hebrews, and it talks about, talking about God's people that he delivered out of Egypt. 
And he, uh, it said in there that the word preached did not profit them. Think of the, think of the, the soberness of that statement. The word preached did not profit them. This is the same words coming out of the mouth of God at, that uh, worked creation. When God said, let there be light, there's light. When he spoke every day, it was words that did that. He spoke words from the same source to the people. But it says, but the word preached did not profit them. It could create something, but it couldn't profit people who thought wrong. It's amazing to think of. But the word preached did not profit them. Why? Because they did not mix faith. With those words. God offers us words. But those words are waiting for our faith to be mixed with it. So they can manifest something. Faith thoughts. Are thoughts of the renewed mind. No one. Now don't misunderstand me. Faith does not reside in your mind. Faith resides in your spirit, but you should have faith thoughts. (laughs) Amen. What are faith thoughts? They are thoughts that you have brought to come into agreement with the faith that's in your spirit. And it's called a renewed mind. If we don't renew our minds, the faith that's in our hearts will be stopped by the thoughts of the mind. Thoughts of the mind will hinder and abort the faith in our spirits from flowing. We cannot believe God with our mind. How do you know if you're trying to believe God with your mind when you start feeling overwhelmed? It's because you're trying to believe with the mind. You can't believe God with your mind, but you can bring your mind into agreement with the faith that's in your heart. Your mind is to be an agreeer. Your mind is not the fountain or the source that your faith flows from. Your mind is simply to be in agreement. So we have this divine privilege of doing something with the thoughts of the mind. (laughs) We're not left as victims of our own thinking. (laughs) But we're offered the thoughts of God. Isn't that a, think of that. The thoughts of God himself, he, he became an author and wrote them down and says, eat my words, eat them. The word tells us, eat them, taste and see that the Lord is good. Eat those words. They will produce something so rich and so abundant in us. Amen. Don't you love the word of God? It's not like any other report. It's not like any other words of influence from a man of influence. Thank God for men of influence who bring blessing to the earth. But no one influences the earth like someone who's saying what God says. It's amazing. It's amazing invitation we have to talk like God. Think like God. Behave like God. Do like God. Think of that. What a life. So let's not settle for less. Well, how do we not settle for less? We have to stir ourselves up. 
If we don't, we'll just go into the ordinary life of living on autopilot. <laughs> and we've all lived on that at some time in our life. And we, our lives look just like everybody else's unsaved life. We're not just here to get the mortgage paid. Work a job so we can pay the mortgage, get the kids educated. I love my kids, but my, my children are not my purpose. You, may, you understand that? My children are not my purpose. They are not the reason I was born. My marriage was not my purpose. I loved my husband. What a man of God that I got to live with. I had a privilege few had. But my husband was not my purpose. And I'm so glad to be able to know that before he left. Because if I didn't know that when he leaves, then I think my purpose left. My purpose didn't leave. My purpose comes from God's word. And no matter who leaves or who enters my life, my purpose remains the same because God's word is the same. And we have to learn to build our lives on words, not feelings, not family members, not jobs, not homes received, but on words. That's where stability is. That's what anchors us. His word anchors us. That when others are in upheaval, not us, because we're moving with words. We're not moving with our personality only. (laughs) You know, pastoring, I pastored for 25 years. And one thing I learned, if I pastor by my personality, the church fails. My pa- now, don't misunderstand me. My personality colors my pastorate, but it does not lead me in pastoring. Because in pastoring, my personality is not confrontational. But in pastoring, I had to confront. And I became what I needed to be to keep the church family safe. That's why we've never had church splits or problems that caused damage in the family. Now, other people had problems in their own families, but I would not allow it to become a problem in the family. Why? I had to go against my own personality to obey words. I pastored by the word, not by personality. I parented by the word, not by personality. I didn't just pastor the way I was, excuse me, parent the way I was raised. Listen, I had a head start. I was raised well. But when I saw anything that differed from the word and the way I was raised, I laid down the way I was raised to pick up what the word says. Amen. We will one day stand before Jesus and give an account for today and every other day. And we will give an account not based on how we were raised, We can never say, well, you don't understand. I wasn't raised in a good home. He said, that means nothing to me. You don't mean something to him? We'll be judged by his word. Why? Because every single one of us came out of a different system of believing. Isn't that right? Didn't didn't your parents establish a system in your home? And everybody's system was a little bit different. But then when we all come into God's family, he's got one family with one system. And he will not let you bring your system and change his system. <laughs> he, his system will not adopt your system. <laughs> what is his system? The word. 
And we will be, we'll have to stand before him and answer based on the word. Not based on our system that our home was raised in. Why? Because God is the father of one family and he says, this is my system. The better we learn the system, the better we flourish. (laughs) I don't know about you, but I, mother said our system. (laughs) Mother was very clear on her system. She the thing is, she not only set the system, she was unwavering in her system. Why? Because her system worked and, um, she did not care what our system was because we took on her system. And if we took on her system, our lives were sweet. (laughs) And if we decided it was going to be our way and we decided to throw off her system, our way was hard. The word says the way of the transgressor is hard. (laughs) If we transgress God's system, we make it hard, not the devil. We make it hard because we got off words. We got off words. Amen. Praise the Lord. So when Jesus makes this statement, I have given unto them the words. So since he's given to us the words, we have no excuse. Because he gave them. It is our job to find them. It's our privilege to find them. It is our joy to find them. It's our joy to take them in to our spirits. Not only do our spirits need the word, our minds need the word. (laughs) Isn't that right? And it is our joy to take those words And make them one with our spirit. Make them one with our thinking. Make them one with our words that come out of our mouth. Make them one with our actions. And those who do it best have the sweetest life. Those who neglect it have unnecessary hardship that the words could have removed. Amen. The best thing Jesus can give us beside himself is words. But I want you to know when he gave us himself, he gave us words. For he is the word made flesh. So, for I have given unto them the words. Which words? The words God gave him. Think of it. The words that he has given us to live by, they, they were authored by the throne. Do you think that, don't you think it would be right thinking to take throne words over carnal words? Over natural words? Wouldn't it just make better sense? Throne words produce throne results. (laughs) But I like this. Jesus was a faith man. (laughs) He said this, for I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me and they have received them. His words have to be received. Anywhere where we are going under, any arena of our life when we're going under instead of on top, we need to be receiving his words for that arena. His words will turn that arena around and put us on top, no longer on the bottom, struggling and 
just living day to day and just trying to make it through. That's not what his word, that's not the kind of life his word offers us. Amen. Anywhere we're struggling is diagnosing where we need to renew our minds. Anywhere uh, renewed minds uh, will also have as companions faith. They'll have, they'll have faith. Worried thoughts. Fearful thoughts. Doubtful thoughts. Show us where we need to renew our minds. If we worry about finances, now we know where to renew our minds. It's prescribing us our help. If we're fearful over certain things, now we know where words are called for. Amen? When you got born again, you became a new creature in a moment. In a moment. God did something with our spirits at the new birth. He gave us a new one. He didn't heal our spirits. He took out the old stony heart and put in a new spirit by the Holy Ghost. He did that. And in that new spirit resides the Holy Spirit. Because it is now a setting he can reside in. It's suited to him. A new spirit that's got the life of God. Eternal life, divine life in it is suited to where the Holy Spirit can dwell. So the Holy Spirit resides. And that happened in a moment. And God did that. We didn't have to do that. All we had to do was invite that. By saying, I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Calling, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. By calling, in a moment we were made new creatures. But for the rest of our lives, we had the divine privilege of doing something with the mind and the body. For the rest of our lives, it is our lifelong occupation. And the more diligent we are with that, with doing something with our minds and our bodies, the better life gets. If we neglect it, the harder life is. Amen. Praise the Lord. So God gave Jesus words. And those words that God gave Jesus were enough for every need he faced. They were enough for him to fulfill what he was born on the earth to do. He fulfilled his, his purpose by fulfilling words. Isn't that right? Well, if words will enable and empower Jesus to produce the God kind of life and fulfill the God-given purpose, what's it going to do for us? Same exact thing. Amen. So when we need something from God, our answer always begins with words. So much of the time people are going, I've got this problem. And they, they sit down, they try to figure it out. And they try pros, cons. Weaknesses, strengths, you know, and make lists, mental lists. They go, uh, many use their mind like a Rolodex. Anybody know what a Rolodex is anymore? Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 there were days I prefer Rolodex days, right? You can just go through real quick, walk your fingers through, find the phone number, find the person you're trying to contact, and it's there, right? 
Yes, we all like that Rolodex thing. But so many people live their, live their mental lives the Rolodex way. Figure that out. Figure, try to figure that out. They go through, well, what about this? Well, what about this? What about this? Well, and their answer is nowhere there. So they go back to the first and they go through it again. And it doesn't, they can't find, figure out their answer. So they go back through the Rolodex of their natural thinking. And they just keep walking it through every little card flipping through. Well, maybe this is the answer. Maybe this is the answer. Maybe this is the answer. But none of your answers begin with your Rolodex thinking. The words, your answers begin with words. Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus got results with words. Miracles came because of words. Why? He heard, his word, he heard his father's words and he took them as his own. And he built them into him. Jesus had to go through the same process of being a student that we all have to go through. What do you think the first 30 years were? Jesus was not born to be a carpenter. <laughs> but he did it for 30 years. For 30 years he did what he was not born to do. Why? Because they were preparation years. Preparing him for three years. Amen. I remember when Jesus was baptized in the river Jordan by John the Baptist. And a voice spoke to him out of heaven. John saw the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove come down on him. And he said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. He hadn't even started his ministry yet. But he's pleased. What was he pleased with? Jesus for 30 years was becoming skillful with words. Building those words into him. Building them into his thinking. Building them into his mouth. Building them into his doing. This was not something he was born with. He had to go through the process like you and me. He had to find himself in the word. Amen. What does it say in Luke chapter 4? How, remember in verse 18 when he's in his own hometown in the synagogue. He stood up for to read and there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And he found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. And then he goes and gives the job description of that anointing. To heal the brokenhearted and open the eyes of the blind. And he goes through that. How did he know that? Notice he didn't just get up and, re, and, and, and quote it. He could have because it was built into him. He found the place. Find yourself in the word. That takes time. Find yourself in the word. And when you, you're faced with a need, find your answer in the word. Find it. It's in the words. Why? Because those words will change the way you think. But they have to be eaten. They have to be eaten. How do you eat them? Meditating the word. Not just reading through our chapter. Get through our chapter today. Get it off the checklist. Check. Done. Listen, I love checklists. That's how when you run something, you got to have checklists. But you can't checklist God. (laughs) You have to build that into you. How do you do that? Well, Joshua 1.8 tells us this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, day and night, day and night. 
we live with the word. We live with the word. We live with the word. We have to on purpose turn our lives toward the word. On purpose turn our thoughts toward the word. On purpose conduct our families based on the word. No, this is how we're living. This is how we're living. I don't care if five five year old friends get to do this. You're not one of them. Don't come and tell me the report of what your friends get to do every Friday night. Don't. I don't care how many you throw on your wagon. You know, because they think if I can tell them five that get to do it, it'll make a difference. No, 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 no. Just because you got five little sinner friends. (laughs) Right? They think if they can show that more people get to do it, that you're off. (laughs) Praise the Lord. You don't, uh, uh, did, did just my kids do that on me or anybody else's kids pull that? Yeah. Why? Jesus, when he, want, when he needed results, it was with words he got results. Isn't that right? Yes. You say, well, the greatest thing God could give us is power. No, because without words, we wouldn't even know how to cooperate with that power. Oh, that's good. Power lives in the words. Yes. Power is connected to the words. <laughs> And so when we take those words into our thought lives, that's called the renewing of the mind. Uh, Think about it. Every time we obey words from God, we receive. Every time. Every time. There's never a time we obeyed God's word and failed to receive. Never. Because his word always produces what it contains. Amen. Think of this. The centurion soldier. Not a Jew. Not trained in the ways of the synagogue. Or in the Jewish. The Jewish traditions. This centurion soldier comes up. Sends really Jewish uh, uh, leadership. On behalf of. Sends him to Jesus. And said the centurion servant is at the point of death and said, he has built us a synagogue is what the religious leaders tell Jesus. He has built us a synagogue. Now think of that. Uh, The centurion wasn't using that as a way to earn something. It was a show of what he honored. He honored God. He honored covenant and he honored God's people who had the covenant and he built them a synagogue. So these Jewish leaders come to Jesus and they're asking him to come to the centurion soldier's house. And Jesus is on the way. And before, it says, before he entered the home, the centurion said, you don't need to come to my house. He stopped Jesus from entering his house. Now, I don't know about you, but it'd be a good day when Jesus physically entered the house, right? That would be like, that's a good day to host Jesus physically in the house. Plus I've got a man on his deathbed who really needs what Jesus can do. But because he thought right, he said, you don't need to come to my house. Just give me words. Give me words. Where did he learn that thinking? Military taught him that. And you (laughs) You have to wonder, was the servant that's dying saying, let him come, let him come. (laughs) 
<laughs> because this is life and death if he knows this or not. Would we have faith enough if we had someone dear to us at a life and death point in our homes and Jesus says, I will show up and I will heal him. Would you have faith enough to say, don't need to, just give me your words. That's the power of words. And of course, the centurion soldier, his servant was raised up. Why? Because the man thought right about words. Amen. Uh, Think about the ten lepers. The sentence they had on their life. Never again do you live with your family. Never again do you touch your children. Whether you have grandchildren. Never again do you ever get to be with a spouse. You are exiled to live out in the wilderness where no human wants to live. And that's your future. There's no hope. Life doesn't get better for you. It just gets worse. More pain, more suffering, and they hear that Jesus is coming. And they, ten of them, they live with each other. Lepers lived together. That was their only option for any kind of society living. Ten lepers gather up and they call out to Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on us. Jesus doesn't go over and lay hands on them. There are other times he did lay hands on lepers. But not in this instance. Jesus did not pray over them. Jesus gave them something that changed them forever. He gave them words. He said, go show yourself unto the priest. That's all he said. He didn't say, and when you get there, you're going to be healed. He just said, go show yourself unto the priest. What did those words give them? Something to obey. His words give us something to obey. And this is where words will deliver us into obedience. Words are given to bring us into obedience. Not just so we can say we've heard words or we've read words, but now we know what to obey. And it says, and as they went, can we say this? As they obeyed his words. As they obeyed his words, they were healed. Amen. Now think of this. There's 10 of them, right? You remember the the passage. And it says in one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. And he fell down in worship at Jesus' feet. And Jesus said, were there not 10 cleansed, where are the nine? Know this, Jesus is looking for us to return with proper gratitude. Without proper gratitude, he's displeased. But I, I I I would say and ask, is that the ratio? Is that the ratio of proper gratitude? Make sure we're a gathering of the one, right? <laughs> and um, this... Man that returned, Jesus said, where are, were there not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? There is not returned any save this Samaritan. A man without a covenant. A man without a covenant obeyed words and got covenant blessing. He got something that really didn't belong to him just because he obeyed words. It doesn't matter 
what you were born into, what you weren't born into. If you obey words, words deliver the same to you as anybody else. It doesn't matter what your upbringing, your education, your lack of education, your good start, your bad start has nothing to do with words. Words show no partiality. Words do not measure your color, your education, your income, your status. It doesn't measure where you live. It just offers you something to obey. And so this Samaritan falls down at Jesus' feet and worships him. It says that when this one Samaritan saw that he was cleansed, it says he began to glorify God, magnify God, and return to worship Jesus. But after he worshiped, Jesus said, your faith has made you whole. Cleansed is the process of leprosy stopped. But wholeness means body parts the leprosy ate back are put back. Why? Because he acted on words and then he came and gave words. He gave words of worship. And Jesus said, your faith made you whole. He didn't come back confessing the scripture. He didn't come back calling on the name of God. All he did was coming back and worshiping. Right thinking worships. And when you worship, it will put things back into your life. Amen. Sometimes people have lost marriages. They've lost homes. They've lost money. They've lost relationships. Worshiping God will put back things in your life. When you hear words and you respond with right words. It's amazing what words do. Amen. Then what about the nobleman? He had a son who was at the point of death. And he came to Jesus and he said, come with me to my home. And Jesus didn't do it. Now see when word was sent for the centurion soldier's servant, Jesus started toward his home. This nobleman comes to Jesus and said, come to my home. And he says, no, I'm not coming to your home. And he, he just made, he made this statement. He said, go your way. Your son lives. What did he do? He didn't give him a prayer. He didn't give him a laying on of hands. He didn't give him a prophecy. You know what he gave him? Words. Go your way. He gave him words to obey. Your son lives. Why? Because the man was counting on Jesus to show up and see something. Do something, touch, something in the natural. And Jesus knew that this man had the ability to come up to a higher level of operating, a higher level of faith. So he put a demand on him. He gave him words to obey, and the man came up to it. And he had a two-day journey back home. And you have to wonder the devil saying to him, you, you didn't get the man of God. Your son's going to be dead by the time you get there. But what was he doing? He's going based on words. What has God said to you? What has God said to you about your home? About your future? About his plan for your life? What's he said to you about your health? What's he said to to you about your, your income? What's he said to you? It's our privilege to hold to those words when it looks like it's not happening. Because this nobleman had no proof that those words were doing anything for him. But when he got home, his son was raised up. 
And he said, when did he begin to amend? And it was the same time Jesus had spoken. Things go into action for you when, when words are spoken. Whether, whether you see the fulfillment of them at the time or not, they go into action. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Hosea chapter four, chapter 4, verse 6, and I'll just quote it to you. It says this, my people are destroyed for lack of what? What's knowledge? How does knowledge come to you? Through words. Somebody instructs you. Somebody teaches. Yes, there is a measure of knowledge that can come through demonstration, but unless someone explains that demonstration, you won't understand it. So we could say this, uh, my people are destroyed for lack of hearing words that bring them into my thoughts. The devil's not mentioned. (laughs) No child of God is destroyed because of the devil. They're destroyed because they didn't hear and hold to words. Praise the Lord. Listen, God can't work through ignorance. Why? Because there's nothing of ignorance about him. He can't flow through ignorance. He is wisdom. And if we're going to receive from God and flow with God, we have to come into the way he operates. How does he operate? Through wisdom. How do we learn that wisdom? The wisdom of the word. We study it. We get it in us. Hallelujah. We not only have to know God's will, we have to know his ways. We have to know his ways as well as his will. It is our privilege to get into the word and find his will and find his ways. How does he do it? Because so many people would say, I I remember years ago, um, I had, there was an older woman who I was doing some work with and I asked her, If she was, I said, have you ever been born again? She's a precious lady. And she says, no, you don't even need to talk to me about that. Because I have my own way of believing. So many people, even Christians, have their own way of operating and believing, conducting their family. Bless God, this is the way I talk to my husband. This is the way I talk to my kids. This is the way my kids talk to me. And uh, we have to decide we want his ways more than ours. Yes. Amen. Why? Because if we operate in ignorance, showing ignorance of how God thinks, then uh, uh, ignorance destroys us. I so appreciate, I loved the testimony. There was one lady who was, she had a terminal condition and she was given up to die and she ended up moving to Tulsa. This was years ago when Dad Hagen was still alive. She ended up moving to Tulsa because she said, I'm going to go to, to Rama's healing school every day. They had healing school classes every day open to the public. And she says, I decided I was not going to die prematurely because I was ignorant. Well, I've decided I'm not going to have family problems because I'm ignorant. I've decided I'm not going to fail because I'm ignorant. Ignorant doesn't mean stupid, unable to learn. Ignorant means uninformed. I'm going to be informed. What's the word say? I'm going to get, I'm going to inform myself. Thank God. God loves you so much. He gave you a pastor to inform you. Think of the privilege of coming to church services and hearing words. 
And so many people, thank God for the move of the Spirit. Thank God for ministry lines. But don't you ever value any of that over words. Hallelujah. And then we'll close with this tonight. Go with me to Romans chapter 12. And know this. The mind is Satan's battleground. The mind is Satan's battleground. And that's where he launches his attacks is against your mind. And how does he gain entrance when thoughts are wrong? What changes wrong thoughts to right thoughts? Words. Taking God's word and changing the way you think, the way you speak, the way you respond Romans chapter 12 in verse 1 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Well, what's it mean to present your body unto God? Well, present your body to doing what is right. What would God What is right in God's system to do with your body? Don't present it to sin. Present it to right things. Present it to God. Present it to doing right. So don't join your, don't allow your body to do things that are going to be against the way God operates, the way God thinks, the way God speaks. And then it goes on and it says this, verse 2, and be not conformed, to this world, but be ye transformed, transformed, transformed. He's talking to Christians. They need to be transformed. Getting born again did not transform you. If we be ye transformed, how? By the renewing of your minds. Doing something with your thoughts and the way you think transforms your life. I, I remember when the boys were growing up and I always dreaded when the new child's movie came out because it, some of them were hard to sit through. And, you know, your kid wanted to go see the movie, and so we'd go see the movie. And I remember at one time Grant was younger and the Transformer movie came out, and I'd go, okay, you know, it's just like bring a book or something. <laughs> and... That Transformer movie came out and I go, that one at least keeps me awake. <laughs> and in that Transformer movie, you would have a car. I don't know if anybody remembers it or, and I don't even know if I remember it rightly, but <laughs> it'd be a car and then all of a sudden it would transform and it would become a giant of a creature that would go around and, and wreck shop, you know, whatever it needed to do, it would take care of business. When it was a car, all it could do was be a car. But when it transformed, it could do things it couldn't do when it was a car. It's the same thing. Before we renew our minds, even though we're Christians, all we can do is be human. But when we renew our minds, our lives are transformed and we can do things in a transformed condition we couldn't do before our minds were transformed. Before our minds were renewed. 
Why do some people's lives produce more than other things, other, other Christians' lives based on transformation? It's all based on transformation. Amen. Um, Smith Wigglesworth talked about the time that he was um, invited to come and pray in the home of a, of a uh, woman that was dying. She was given up to die. She was really within hours of dying. And uh, he got together about six or eight other Christians in that community to go pray with her, to go pray with him for her. And so they got in a circle and around her bed, and he said, she looked like the picture of death. She's a skeletal. And said each one of them in the room began to pray, and he said as each one of them would pray, he says, I'd pray, and I'd say, oh, God, shut them up. That was his prayer. Shut them up. And when he got, it got to him and he prayed, he saw a vision, saw Jesus' face over her bed, and she's raised up. He spoke healing to her, and she was raised up. Afterwards, the other said, why wasn't she raised up when we prayed, and she was raised up when you prayed? And he said, because you prayed looking at the sick woman, at the dying woman. I prayed looking at Jesus. That's the difference between an unrenewed mind and a renewed mind. You're transformed. You look at things differently. You approach things differently. Everything is a win for you, not a difficulty. Praise the Lord. Your greatest defense against the devil is a submitted body and a renewed mind. That's your greatest defense. Not a prayer line. Thank God for prayer lines. I don't belittle what happens in a prayer line. But that will never be a long-term fix. A transformed mind is the only thing that's a long-term fix. Everything else is short-term. A prayer line is a short-term fix. Somebody else's agreement in prayer is a short-time fix. But a transformed mind, a renewed mind that transforms the life is a long-term fix for the rest of your life. It's a fix that comes from skill. Yes. Skilled with the word. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I said praise the Lord. Skill with the word that skilled at casting down imaginations. Casting them down. Amen. I don't know about you, but I'm so thankful for when Jesus said, I've given them words. Let's take them. I said, let's take them. Stand with me to your feet. Father, we're so grateful tonight. You have given us words. We take them. We love your words. They are a lamp to our feet. They're a light to our path. They help us know which way to walk, which way to talk. They help us to, to fulfill your plan and the purpose that we were born for. So we thank you for your words, Father. We thank you. We honor your words. We rehearse to ourselves. What have you said to us? Can I, can I invite you to do this? You, you Go back and write down what has some of the things the Spirit of God has said to you about your life. And then don't just say, oh, he said this. Put those words in your mouth. He tells you things so you'll know what to say. You understand that? He's not telling you things just so you can have 
knowledge of what he thinks about you. He's giving us words so that we know what to say. Because his words call for the joining of our words. And that's when he's able to fulfill them. Amen. It is our lifelong occupation to renew the mind. And it is the greatest thing you can do for yourself. Brother Hagen said this. Um, and he was talking about in his, you know, as he grew. And he said, I, I don't go and have people to pray for me because I've learned how to pray. Now, he's not against people praying for him. But what he's saying is he said, I've taken the thoughts of the word for myself. And in that, I don't need somebody else's, somebody else to prop me up. I don't know about you. Security is in knowing the word and being skillful with it. No matter what happens in the middle of the night, no matter what happens in an emergency of life, you have words. I have words. Amen. And those words govern my thinking. I make his words my words. How do you do that? Through meditating, speaking it to yourself when you're driving in the, on the road in your car and just repeating the things of the word. The things, and let the Holy Ghost bring up. He knows what you, what, see the word is vast. The word of God is vast and the Holy Spirit will prescribe something every day. He'll prescribe something every season for where you're headed and for what you need. What's he doing? He's, he's equipping and stocking the shelves of your life with your answers. And then when that emergency shows up, oh, me and the Holy Ghost, we're the head, not the tail. The shelf's already stocked. I just take that off the shelf and eat it. I've already built that truth into me. I've already built it in. His words. Amen. So many people love what's spectacular. Thank God for that. I don't dismiss that. But words are not so spectacular so people overlook the importance of them. But he offers us his words. Let's take them. Amen. Thank you. Glory to God. Are you blessed? Amen. I tell you what, you know, I know pastor's been teaching on the renewed mind right now and he's talking about words and different things, but I tell and today he kind of looked at me like, you told her to talk about renewed mind. I'm going, yeah, because I didn't know what you were going to be preaching on by now. I mean, you know, it's okay. I said, but it won't hurt anybody because I'm telling you what we need to hear it. We need to hear it over and over and over again. You know, and in sheep pastor for 25 years, we're in our 41st year of pastoring. And honestly, I can tell you the difference between a successful Christian and a failure Christian is their mind is not renewed to what the Word says. It's not God's fault that there's problems. It's our responsibility we have not taken seriously. That's the problem. You know, God has never failed you. Never, never, never. But we have failed to believe his word. We have failed to take the opportunity to change the way we think. And we're in a time and a season where we must change the way we think. We must. I I was sitting there and it just suddenly it was just like the word of God has got to become our true north on a compass. The thing that when the enemy and the world tries to pull us off course, brings us back. Brings us back to the exact place we need to be headed. Nothing else will do. 
Nothing else will substitute for this. There is no better way. There's no other way. And it may not always be easy, but it is the best way. And it is the only way that you will find the success God intends for you to live in, the victory he intends for you to live in and walk in and, and exhibit, demonstrate to this world. See, you, that's what you are. You are a demonstration of the life of God to the world you go out into every time you leave this building. And the only way you can be the demonstration he wants you to be is by renewing your mind. To think like he thinks. To speak the words he's given you. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.